Welcome to the Family Room Podcast. Catherine Daniel is in the family room. Well, she's going to join us in just a second. Thanks so much to you for joining. And just as a reminder, as an encouragement, use these podcasts to pray for you know who you're who you're listening to. And if you have time, and as Bradley has often said, open your arms a little bit wider. You know, talk to this person at church and mention something from the podcast. I hope that you know the the topics that we cover can be sort of icebreakers. So even if you've known this person for whatever two years or two months or 10 years, 20 years, you know, it's just, it, no matter what it is, you use it as an icebreaker as we seek to walk together in Christian love. So that's my little preface right there. Really happy to talk to Catherine, really enjoyed our conversation, and I know you will too. So here she is, Catherine Daniel. Catherine Daniels is in the family room. It's Daniels, right? I'm just kidding. It's not Daniels. Daniel Noah, yeah. <laughs> why is this so confusing? Why do why do people like myself want to add an S to the end? I think most people go with the S, but I don't know. Our family no S. There's a whole group in Frank in uh, St. Francisco. They're Daniels with an S. We're Daniel no S. No relation. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe people people want to like make it. They think it's possessive, and I don't know. Right. I always have to. I always have to double check in the. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. Well, yeah. Catherine Daniel is in the family room. Yep. Thanks for joining. Uh, all right. Off the bat, I want to. I want to separate you from the fam. All right. Many people have known your parents for a long time, Lloyd, Lloyd, and Marilyn. Right. But you're your own person, Catherine. So I want yes. you to give us a little flyover of your life. We're, we're talking basically college and post-college here. So where okay. did you, where did you go to college? Maybe a couple different jobs you've had. And then how did you end up deciding to stay in Baton Rouge? Alrighty. Um, so went to LSU, okay. um, stayed close to home. Um, got a degree in interior design. So went into that right out of college. Um, probably did that for, I think, five years, um, okay. had a couple of different jobs, um, doing interior design, um, you know, did residential, I sold granite and marble, kind of did a little bit of everything. Um, and then let's see, in 2008, I actually moved to Colorado to a little town in the middle of nowhere called Lake City. Okay. Um, Is this and in the mountains? I, yeah, San Juan Mountains, it's kind of in southwestern Colorado, um, near, Crested Butte, Gunnison, Telluride area. Okay. Um, it's in one of the most remote counties in the United States. Beautiful area. Um, I wish I could live there all the time, <laughs> especially in the Louisiana summers. I'm like, yeah. why did I move home? Exactly. But um, yeah, so I was there for three years working with an outdoor Christian ministry um, called Red Cloud. Um, or Camp Red Cloud kind of goes by both names. Um, And I was working for family and adult ministry there. Um, And then my time just kind of came to an end. The Lord just kind of was telling me time to come home and miss family. I was missing family weddings and all that kind of stuff. So moved back the end of 2010. I've been here ever since. Um, 
And I was kind of, that's how I kind of got into the property management world while I was working there, did guest services, uh, worked with the maintenance crew there, um, and that's kind of how I ended up doing property management at LSU, uh, apartment industry, now in the retail industry. Gotcha. That was a good flyover. Good job. That's that's a Thanks. hard question to take on. <laughs> yeah. You're like, do you, want, do you want me to give you 20 minutes or, you know, I only gave you like yeah. two minutes for that. <laughs> Right. So the Colorado experience, what what made you go out there and leave what you were doing interior design-wise to go out there? That is a good question. <laughs> um, it probably had a lot of different, um, like a, a lot of different influences, I guess. I had gotten really close with a group of about um, five other girls, so six of us, three sets of roommates crazy story but um they really were influential in kind of bringing me back to um church and having going to bible study I, you know this was probably after college several years um and i just started feeling kind of that um i maybe it was a quarter life crisis because i was probably about 25 or so yeah and um just started feeling like what i was doing just wasn't um, not that it wasn't, uh, good for other people or beneficial to my life, but just, I just felt like something was missing. I wanted to do something more. Um, I started looking into working with, um, Campus Crusade, um, just different things. And the Lord, it's funny that I kept hearing sermons about, um, Peter walking on the water, um, stepping out of the boat, like three different sermons, different churches different pastors. I just kept hearing that, that being preached over and over. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'll sit out of the boat, whatever you want me to do. Um, and then my cousin, he was actually working in Colorado at this camp. Um, and I bumped into him at an LSU game and he was like, you should come work with me in Colorado. And I was like, okay, that's okay. stepping out of the boat. I, I can do that. Um, and it just, you know, it was one of the things that the Lord put it in front of me and I said, yes. And the rest is history. Hmm. What uh? What were maybe a few things that you look back on that you really learned during that time where you were in Colorado working with this ministry? Um, well, definitely learned how to live with people. Um, we lived in very close quarters. You know, we were working, living, doing everything together. Um, so just learning how to um, have grace with people. Yes. <laughs> and... Uh, especially in a living situation. And I mean, there's seven or eight girls that I still um, keep in touch with today. Um, so made some really good friendships, really, you know, long lasting friendships. Um, and I also learned, um, and thankfully the Lord kind of revealed this to me while I was there that um, because I, I was in charge of guest services. So um we had, it was a retreat center, so we cleaned the lodge every time a retreat came in every week. I mean, you're literally doing the same things every week, cleaning this big building, cleaning bathrooms, making beds, all that kind of stuff. And I am definitely a perfectionist at heart, yeah. um, for better or for worse. And so I learned pretty quickly, probably in the first, I don't know, definitely the first summer, so probably in the first six or eight months being there that my way is not always uh, 
the best way. I think it's the best way. Yeah. But just because somebody else doesn't do it the way I want it to be done doesn't mean it's wrong. And if it doesn't come out perfect, that's okay. And it's also an opportunity to teach someone like, hey, maybe we could do it this way next time. And it would go smoother. And Mm. I just, I I really learned to kind of let go of um, the perfectionism and having everyone, you know, rise to my standards (laughs) that I arbitrarily set. So, um, and and I, I probably realized that, you know, by the end of the first six months I was there. So that was helpful to kind of realize early on. Was there a point for you where the, you're obviously work, you're working with this ministry, but where sort of the rose colored Mm -hmm. glasses fell, fell off where you're, you know, it just sounds crazy. It's like, oh, you're like, you're like living in this, you know, very like remote area in the mountains and you're, you're doing, you know, ministry. And anyway, like, mm-hmm. was there a time where you're just like, you mentioned, you kind of alluded to it, but where you're like, I, I, f- I feel ready to come back to Baton Rouge. Like, is that something you, you really considered staying there for um, more long term or was it just kind of, you kind of realized I, like I, mean, I wanted I to come back? Well, I was there for almost three years, and I don't think it was until the last summer, so maybe the last six months I was there, that I started to feel that way. Yeah. Now, there were times, you know, we, (laughs) you know, in the coronavirus world that we're in, um, we had, you know, people drop like flies the first summer. We had, uh, I think it was norovirus, like, swept through our staff. So, of course, there were times, you know, here and there where you're like, I'm so done with this. Yeah. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so done having to fill in for three people because they're sick. And, you know, you have those moments, of course. Yeah. Um, just being tired and exhausted and kind of running on fumes. But, um, yeah, probably wasn't until um, the end or maybe, you know, midway through my last six months there that I really was like, I just think, you know, the Lord's bringing this time to an end. I had friends that were getting married and leaving. Um and the relationships with some of the staff that, you know, we, I had these really strong relationships with some people, um, probably my first summer. And then by the third summer, it was kind of like just not feeling it anymore. And, you know, I think the Lord just kind of, um, releases our hearts sometimes for things like he just, you know, you, you get so attached to people and places and things and ministries and, you know, even, you know, secular jobs doesn't have to be ministry, but, I think sometimes he lets us kind of just release ourselves from that, from feeling um, obligated because he's moving us on to something else. So I would say that probably happened, um, you know, near the end of my time there for sure. All right. So going, changing subjects a little bit, I was just having this conversation with, with Lauren, my wife about like growing up in a Christian home, which is such Mm -hmm. a blessing and, Anyway, she and I were talking about her coming to Christ and like when her faith really became her own. Was that, I guess for you, when did, you know, your faith really become your own? I think probably, let's see, um, definitely after college, um, probably in my mid-20s. Um, I alluded to this uh, group of girls that I, um, you know, there are three sets of roommates. Um, I ended up like randomly living with this girl. She moved out and, um, her 
friend's cousin needed somewhere to live. And so we all ended up um, living together, becoming friends, um, kind of a random story. But that group of um, five other girls, it was six of us total, um, were really strong Christians, loved the Lord. Hmm. um, And they're really what probably drew me you know, back to church, back to Bible study, back to um, walking with the Lord. And um, so I think that's when I kind of felt like this is what I want to do. I'm not going to church because my parents want me to. Um, I'm not going to church because it's what everybody else is doing on Sunday. Or, um, you know, (laughs) I laugh because uh, my friends in college, we would go to Campus Crusade on, I think it was Thursday nights. We'd go to that, and then we'd go to the bar for our sorority yeah. exchanges. <laughs> My friend's mom was like, so y'all, y'all go to church, and then you go to the bar. We yeah. were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I would, I would go to church in college, but it was just, it was, you know, because I thought that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But I think it was probably mid-20s when I got involved with this group of five women that um, I really, I chose to go to church. I chose to go to Bible study. I chose to be in these relationships with these people. So probably mid twenties, I guess. Your, your, uh, your life seems to be filled with a lot of quote unquote random, like, uh, like meetings. You kept talking about these girls that you, uh, you're, you know, that you were alluding yeah. to. It's like, uh, yeah, I like randomly room with them. But obviously like we right. see that now is looking back as, as, a. Uh, god's providence uh, absolutely but uh is that is that funny for you to just look back on and think about just how god used those things and brought you to where you are now oh yeah um yeah i i use the word random it's you know it's all orchestrated of course by god um but yeah i think you know in the moment we think oh this is just an opportunity that's fallen into my lap or this is just a person i met through this other person and um I, you know, I guess it's not human nature, but I wish I was more um, aware, more observant that when those things are happening to be like, oh, this is God, you know, oh, mm-hmm. this is, um, you know, his plan. But I know personally, I'm terrible at, at that. You know, it takes me years to be like, oh, yeah, that happened, which led to that, which led to that, which put me where I am today. So, Did, did you ever ask that question like where is God so to speak when whenever you are unemployed you know where it's like oh okay okay Lord like what's going on right now (laughs) yeah for sure um I don't know that I said where is God I think I said God what are you doing like I knew God was there I knew God was in the midst of it I knew he was working I just couldn't see it kind of like what I was just saying, like in the midst of it, it's so hard to see, um, you know, when you go to an interview and they never call you back, like seriously, like, what are you doing, God? Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, and it's hard to, you know, it's taking rejection and, um, you know, not taking it personally, like they don't hate me. They just need someone different or there was a better candidate, all of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I definitely prayed a lot of prayers like, I can't see what you're doing, God, but I know you're doing something. And I was really thankful that um, that I felt that peace 
all those months, I never really felt like, uh, what's the right word? I guess abandoned or yeah. unsure. Um, I, I totally had a peace that God was working all things for my good. Did you have a sense in that time too that, you know, obviously like God, you know, changes circumstances and we've certainly talked about some of those things, but that, that God was changing you within that as well. Does that make sense? Yes, Where it's like, for sure. You know, yeah. We, yeah, obviously like you've heard it said before, it's like, don't just pray that God would change your circumstances, but maybe God's using your circumstances to change you. Exactly. Yeah. No, I totally, um, I totally agree with that. I think for me, I had gotten a little caught up in, uh, my job, not as my identity necessarily, but um, maybe as an idol, I guess. Um, you know, being single, no kids, you know, no spouse, no significant other. It's like when you meet somebody, there's that dreaded question like, oh, what do you do? Yeah. And for me, I'm like, well, I don't have anything else to talk about, so I'm going to make this sound really good. Yeah. And I think I've just gotten caught up in like, I need to be super great and awesome at my job and, you know, give blood, sweat and tears every single day, um, which isn't bad. Um, it's funny. I think, uh, going through Ecclesiastes right now is really good for me because, um, you know, it's not all worthless, but in, uh, what's the right phrase I'm trying to think of? The, the meaningless in the, in the day that okay yeah the meaninglessness of things like um, no in the grand scheme of things the 27 emails I spent I sent today don't really matter but if I'm doing it for God's glory and I'm doing my best every day um, because he's put me in this position then that's not meaningless um, so that's been really good for me in the light of the past year to kind of think through yeah praise god um you joke yeah. with me because i ran into you when i was uh when i was at the mall you're that you're a professional mall uh-huh. walker so we, yes. we might see you just <laughs> just walk in the mall louisiana yes for sure i try to do it at least twice a day get my steps in yeah um and i'm usually on a mission so i i, I look like one of those power walkers so and what's so Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, working with the, I guess, technically with the Mall of Louisiana, but a larger company. Yes. Yes. Um, so I'm the property management associate at the Mall of Louisiana. Um, and, you know, in the middle of the mall, there's the kiosk and little carts and things. I manage all of those. Um, any kind of events like Santa pictures, which are coming up, Easter money, all that good stuff. Oh, you have the inside I, track? Um, yeah. I- <laughs> I have a I son now. I, I, might really, have to, I might have to go. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can I can definitely give you the details on Santa. <laughs> um, I don't think I can do any, like, VIP That's okay. Greets, but All right. I can Santa, definitely give you the, the inside scoop. Is Santa going to have a um, mask? That's what, that's what we'll have to figure out. Santa is going to have a mask. Oh. I'm a little sad. <laughs> Coronavirus <laughs> be, Santa. I know. 2020 Santa. So, um, yeah, I, but... So I manage all of those fun things that go on in the mall, basically. Neat, neat. Uh, okay, so transition from a little bit of work talk. You're off work. Mm-hmm. Give me a, give me a few hobbies. 
What do you do in your free time? Um, well, unfortunately, I've been doing a lot of Netflix, okay. <laughs> which I'm a little ashamed to say. But then again, like, I love a good movie. I love period yeah. dramas, mysteries, you know, all that good stuff. Um, I'm a very visual person, so movies are kind of, I love that. Um, but I love spending time with my family. You know, you mentioned my parents. Um, I have a brother that lives here in town. He's married with a four-year-old, so we hang out a lot. Um, love going, you know, to dinner with my family, friends. Um, I love to read. Um, I'm, I'm a homebody, so I love just hanging out in the house. Now, coronavirus has kind of cured me of that a little bit. Yes. <laughs> which has been good. I've realized I do like to get out more than I really think. And yeah. I do like to be around people more than I probably want to be, but it's a good thing. Uh, you, you told me that you love sharing a meal with friends. Is it the meal or is it the yeah. friends? What's more important? Oh, the friends is definitely more important. Okay. Um, <laughs> that, was a, that was a leading <laughs> but question. I do love, but you do love the meal, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I do love the food. I, I do love food. So, um, yeah, a good restaurant and a good friend, are, that's something I love to do, too. All right, we'll, we'll hop into a, a speed round, but based off your last okay. answer, I'm curious. You mentioned you like, you know, period pieces. Yes. Is there a favorite Ooh, movie or, or TV one. show? Um, it usually depends on what's on at the, at the time. Um, do you like The Crown? I really, I do love The Crown. Um, when that comes out, I usually binge watch that, but... I hate to say I binge watch things, but it's totally true. Um, I even like older stuff than that, though. Like, um, I've probably watched every version of Jane Eyre, um, anything Jane Austen. Um, trying to think. Um, anything on PBS that's kind of period drama, I okay. like. Um, do you ever watch the yeah. period pieces? I like period pieces, too. Do you ever watch them and get really nostalgic and think like, man, they had it good? Um, yes and no. Like, usually I'm like, gosh, I should have been born in that yeah. time. You know, like, I I love that. It's probably a little romanticized, like, you know, the chivalry and the, um, you know, everyone was so polite and perfectly whatever. But, which isn't really true, because if you really watch a good period drama, they're, they show the bad and the good. Um, but I do love our modern conveniences. Like I'm all about a bathroom and indoor plumbing and, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So Netflix. No. Uh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen midnight in Paris? No, I, I heard it just recently though. Yeah. I saw it on social media or something. It's kind of a riff on, it's kind of a riff on what I just asked you. Basically it's like, this guy wishes he lived in another era and the movie kind of oh, dispels okay. that, that it's this nostalgia is sort of a, it's sort of a false, a false hope, I guess is the thrust yeah. of the movie. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Right. You'd probably like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who has the best coffee in Baton Rouge? The best coffee? Yeah. Ooh, that's a, that's a toss up. Um, why well, I love lighthouse. Um, and I love French truck too. You know, I kind of like something specific at each place. That's, yeah. That's kind of hard. Um, but 
when I was working downtown, I probably got a latte every day at Magpie, the old downtown Magpie. Um, And those were pretty good. That is good. Uh, Yeah. All right. Fall weather. It's here in Louisiana. Praise the Lord. Yeah. What what are like one or two great places to take a walk in Baton Rouge, like on a fall day? I need specifics here too. Okay. Here's an example. LSU's campus at dusk on a normal school day because no one's on campus. The quad looks awesome. The trees are beautiful, but it's really quiet, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's my example. What do you got? Okay. Um, the botanical gardens over by the main library on Goodwood. Nice. There's like that's a good one. All those, yeah, flower. I, I wish I could garden. I love to look at beautiful gardens. <laughs> I love to look at beautiful plants. I can't grow them, but yeah, that would that would be my probably top pick. That's a good one. Um, yeah. All right. Growing up this is a really serious question. Growing up, you made a horrible grade on a test, but one of your parents has to sign off on it. You know, like that they saw it. So who are you uh, going to? Cody Dad. Dad all the way. Why? <laughs> um, when mom's upset, you, you're like, oh, disappointed mom. Ooh. She's like, not angry. My mom doesn't really get angry, yeah. but like, you can see it in her eyes. Like, Ugh. daddy's like, it's okay. Just do better next time. <laughs> you're like, okay, I will. I will. I promise. So. I would have answered that the exact same way. I don't know why I just thought about that today, and I was like, I want to ask you about it. Um, Yeah. Chick-fil-A or Canes? Oh. Well, I probably would pick Chick-fil-A. Can I have Chick-fil-A with cane sauce? Sure. Why not? (laughs) It's Baton Rouge. Uh, Can you paint like like your mom? Are you into it like Um, I wish I would, like, my secret dream is to be a watercolor painter, but I'm definitely not as good as my mom. I mean, my mom paints in oil, yeah. so totally different medium. Um, I, I mean, I grew up doing art lessons, and I could if I, like, committed my time and energy and money to it, um, but I'm, I'm nowhere near what my mom can do. Yeah. I would love to be, though. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, has your yeah. dad ever told you a story that made you go to sleep and it wasn't a bedtime story? <laughs> um, well, he's going to come after me. I don't mean it like that. He has lots of stories. I'm just, I mean. He has lots of stories. I don't know that I've ever fallen asleep during one, but I've definitely lost interest. <laughs> I've, I've definitely zoned out during a story for sure. Uh, what is a Christian book that has really encouraged or challenged you? doesn't have to be like your oh. top, just maybe it's something yeah. you've recently read or something you come back to. Um, well, right now I'm reading Annie F. Downs' 100 Days to Brave, um, which is really good. I'm only on about day 52 or something, but um, that's been really encouraging because I'm, I'm not a very adventurous person. I would like to be. Um, a little bit more. Yeah, but you did this um, podcast. I mean, that's... I know. Yeah, that was part of why I said yes. I thought Annie would be proud. <laughs> Stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, but I've been reading New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp for probably two years now. I think I'm on my second go-round. Yeah. Um, and I just love that. I was, I was reading one today that 
had obviously underlined something. And I was like, gosh, I don't remember reading this. I know it's at least the second or maybe even third time I've read it, but they're just so good every time. That is, that is a really good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what's one thing you're thankful for when it comes to our church? Oh, so many things. Gosh. Um, <clears throat> I really love that Bradley and Sean and Josh are very, uh, I'm going to use the word personable. I don't think that's really, um, the right word. Um, like they want to get to know the people in our church. And I think that has trickled down to, um, church members, but I'm really thankful that I have a personal relationship with almost all three of them. Yeah. Um, like I could call any one of them and say, Hey, you know, whatever the situation, um, I've never really been to a church where I would have felt comfortable doing that. So I'm really thankful for that. Neat. All right. Last question. Uh, what's something we don't know about Lloyd? Something you don't know about Lloyd? Yeah. Daddy, daddy Daniels. Daniel. Just so, um, Oh, he, he tells so many stories. I don't know what <laughs> you haven't heard. Um, he grew up on a dairy farm. I don't know if you oh, no, heard that. that. Yeah, he's a uh, son of a dairy farmer. So, Man. All right, we'll have to ask him. We'll have to, yeah. get, some, we'll have to get some stories. <laughs> I, yeah, he's got some good farm stories. So he was the one that had to go out and wring the chicken's neck for dinner. That's probably something you don't know. That's, he told me that. Well, I was probably, I don't know, 10 or 12. And I was like, oh, yeah. chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Man. We'll have to, that, that'll have to be like a podcast series, like story time with Lloyd. He can just. <laughs> yes, for sure. Tell, tell stories from different ages of his life. Yeah, he would love that. Well, thanks so much for, for doing this. I know, uh, I know I, I kind of twisted your arm, but I really appreciate it. And I know our church will appreciate it as they get to know you better. So. Catherine, yeah, you are the best. For, oh, thanks for having me. All right, talk soon. Thanks again to Catherine Daniel, not Daniels, as we've learned. And thanks so much to you for joining. Don't forget, this Sunday, we are going to be back as one body, Lord willing, in the renovated sanctuary, and what a joy that will be. So, looking forward to being with you guys. Thanks so much for taking a part in this podcast and pray God we continue to use it as a small part in our lives as we walk together in Christian love. So family room podcast, the lights are going out in the family room right now till next time.